0: I'll be reading from Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 through 20. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church, the church. All right, good morning. It is a beautiful, it was snowing. Did you guys see it? It was snowing before I was like, uh-oh, we're all going to get snowed in here. That's actually not a big uh-oh. That would be actually kind of cool. I like you people, so that works out. <laughs> so far, did I hear someone say so far? We'll see how long that lasts. All right, so we are opening our series, right? On uh, You Can Change. And uh, a lot of folks, you know, uh, the self-help section at the bookstore is getting bigger. Did you notice that? Right? We There's all these books, you know, Be a Better You, Make a Million Dollars in a Week, you know, uh, Kick This Habit, Beat This Habit. You know, there's a whole sexual self-help part of the bookstore, right? There's all these things, you know, connect with your inner child, right? So what do those things all have in common? They cost money. (laughs) That's great. I love your sense of humor, man. Huh? Yeah, a lot of times they exclude God. Me, 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 I, I, it's all about you. But what's the one thing they have all in common we can affirm? Right, they're looking for help. Yeah, there's a problem, right? Because if there are no no problems, we wouldn't need self-help books, right? They wouldn't sell as much as they do, right? I mean, they sell a lot. They sell a lot. So a lot of times we want to think about Christianity... In this way, we want to treat God like a means to an end uh, so we we turn it into this self help kind of thing, okay, and so as we pursue this together, this series, it's going to be a few weeks, I want to keep in mind that we cannot use God as a means to an end to to become something else, okay. Our goal is to become more like God is to become closer to him is to is to join in fellowship with him so we're shedding those things that are holding us back away so that we can be with him we're not chasing him so we can get rid of those things does, does that make sense to you okay sometimes i can be a little confusing without knowing it so just double checking so why do we find it so difficult to change habits Right? How many times have you said to yourself, "I will never do that again," and then, like five seconds later, you're doing it? Right? Right? Your uh, your child pushes the exact right button, and so that one thing you said you would never say again, you said like five minutes later. Or your boss, for the twenty-thousandth time, your boss makes a bad decision. And then who has to pay for the boss's bad decision? Right, right. And so then, of course, bad thoughts and uh, angry thinking comes to our minds. We, we promised ourselves we wouldn't do that, but it happens. Right. You ever, uh, you ever look yourself in the mirror after the 10,000th time you've done something? The same thing. And just ask yourself, how did that happen? (laughs) Why did that happen? I thought, I said, this was not going to happen. You know, I'm going to white knuckle it, right? Never going to do it again, right? And uh, my dad told me when he was teaching me how to drive, he said, you don't ever want to white knuckle the steering wheel because you don't actually have more control that way. You want to hold it a little more loosely so you can move the steering wheel in your hands, that kind of thing. Um... And it seemed so counterintuitive. I was like, no, Dad, you're crazy. I'm going 50 miles an hour. But he turned out to be right. It made sense. Oh, yeah, I have more control. This makes sense. (sighs) See, we kid ourselves when we think, bless you, when we think we're in perfect control. You ever, um, (laughs) this this might... Touch some nerves. Do you ever have a situation, guys, uh, do you ever have a situation where you've made a decision and you're like, all right, we're going to do this and it works out. But what you don't know until maybe later or maybe you haven't figured out yet, that it was actually your wife's decision (laughs) and that she convinced you (laughs) that it was your decision. Yeah, I see some wives laughing because they know they've done that before. <laughs> do you ever do that to somebody? Like a person makes a decision and they they think it's their decision, but you know it's yours. Yeah. 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 Who's ever seen that movie Inception? Love that movie. It's the same idea. The guy makes this good decision for his company and what happened is, you know, some people dug into his brain and planted the idea in his head and convinced him it was his idea you see a lot of times in life when we make that 10,000th bad decision we kid ourselves when we think we're the ones in control something else is pulling our strings just like when hubby makes a decision that he thinks is his but it's really his wife's decision wife's pulling the strings We sometimes are blinded to the things that influence our decision making. We think that we're just waking up. Uh, how many times have you encountered a person that you just, if you could spill hot coffee on them or if they could have some kind of strange accident where they don't get hurt, they're just inconvenienced or, you know, something terrible. And you, right. But do you think they woke up in the morning and they were like, you know, I just want to be a jerk to you today. They don't even know you, right? They're like, you know, somebody texted me this person's name, Stephanie. I have to find that person and make their life terrible. (laughs) Right, nobody does that. But, But what happens is A, B, C, D, E, F, and G happen. And so, right, and Stephanie happens to be H, (laughs) and that's it. And Stephanie may not have even done anything, she's just there. But Stephanie's being punished for A through G. The person didn't choose. They were driven by their circumstances. So, how do we figure out where this comes from? I mean, though you speak of it that way, you're like, man, we're helpless. How are we ever going to do anything? Might as well just go on about our day, you know, close up the shop. Maybe we'll bust out some bingo and make some money, right? Okay. So, let's read Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. It's, it'll be up on the screen if you can't find it but it's at the beginning. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, behold, I just skipped to verse 28. I'm terrible. Uh, Verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our own image after our likenesses And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Yeah, sorry, I like reversed that. That was a little crazy. Have you ever wondered why there's a second commandment? Not, Not a second amendment, a second commandment? I mean, think about it. The first commandment says what? I'm sorry, the first of the 10 commandments. I'm sorry. <laughs> right, what's the first of the 10 commandments? Anyone know? No other gods before me. Right. And then the second commandment, no graven images. But we already covered that in the first commandment, right? Don't have So why is the second commandment there? has to specify I, I actually used to think that I've, just just until recently, but what what is it's a graven image that's supposed to represent God, right okay so maybe God forbids the creation of graven images because the only proper image of God is a consecrated human being. You see, the the graven images are forbidden because they don't show who God is, of course, but they also undermine our role in the world. Follow me. And you're like John. That's kind of a weird piece of trivia. Why are you talking about this? I'm getting there. In pagan temples of the time, right, you'd build a big temple. It's beautiful. Anyone ever seen any of those on pictures? Or anyone ever physically been to, to an old, to a temple from, from bygone, centuries past? Yeah, a lot of, I mean, probably most of them aren't still standing there in ruins. Um, but, you know, you have your temple... And then it's just this big space, and people come in there. And then what's in the middle of the temple? The, the idol, right? The image. Right? And there's a little altar, maybe, where they, they do their thing, they make their deal. So, I want you to think about creation that way. That the world is essentially the great temple where God comes down, Right? with us. If the world is the temple, what is the image? We are. We're the image. Or we're supposed to be anyway. We're created in the image of God. God made the world and then he made us to be him in the world, to represent him. When people ask me, you know, why, is, why are all lives precious? The answer is that we're all made in the image of God. Without that, we won't really know. We just kind of say all life is precious. But we can't really explain why a lot of the time. But for the Christian, all life is precious because... We are made in the image of God. Because God says we're precious. When the serpent tempted the first couple in Genesis 3. I'm sure we can we've heard some version of this story. Genesis 3. The serpent comes along, right? And he's talking with Eve. And they're having this weird conversation, and uh, which is a weird conversation to have with a talking serpent, right? Sure, that's a pretty weird conversation. And uh, right, he convinces Eve to eat of the fruit. What does he promise Eve that she'll have? Knowledge? That she'll be as gods? Right. And so, unfortunately for them, they did gain knowledge, and what did it do to them? Yeah, and they covered themselves because they were ashamed. Knowledge, when it's misused, when knowledge becomes our God, it produces shame. It doesn't help us to be more like God. It destroys us. So Adam and Eve sin. They're filled with shame. That wisdom they were chasing turned on them. And filled them with shame and divided them from God. So God creates us to be his image in the world. To fill the earth and subdue it. And then the serpent comes along and tests Adam and Eve. And they fail. And we sever that relationship with God. We break that image of God. Now let's continue to Genesis 5. Genesis 5. Now... This Genesis 5, if you, if you read through the whole chapter, you're like, John, why are all these names here? Okay, I just want to focus on a couple of things. Genesis 5, 1 to 3. This is the book of the generations of Adam. When God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. Okay, right? That's Genesis 1. Male and female he created them, and he blessed them and named them man when they were created. Verse 3. When Adam had lived 130 years, it's a long time, He fathered a son in his own likeness after his own image and named him Seth. So God creates Adam and Eve in his own image and likeness. And then Adam and Eve sin and Adam now, his son is made after his own image and his own likeness. You following me? Tracking with me? Okay. Now jump with me. I don't remember if I gave you this one, so I apologize if I did not. Jump with me to Romans chapter 5. Because Paul kind of comments on this. Actually, he doesn't kind of comment. He does comment on it. Romans chapter 5. Verse 12. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin was not, is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one to come. So Adam has children after his own image, and death Comes into the human race through Adam. And so the image of Adam, the likeness of Adam, brings death. And that is where we were. So we were created in the image of God, and then that image was twisted, and then that image brings death. And so we have this strange inversion. We're now the stuff that we used to be in charge of now rules us. Our need to be loved rules us. We give ourselves to people who don't who clearly don't love us, but we're desperate. Our need to be respected rules us. It's no longer a tool for us to become more like God. It's no longer a tool for us to serve the world. It's now the thing we chase because we feel inadequate. We feel broken inside. Money and possessions are no longer tools. They become gods that drive us to make crazy decisions. There's been an inversion, a brokenness to us. That's why we find ourselves in these situations where we're looking in the mirror trying to figure out why is it that after the 10 millionth time I've said I won't do this one thing, I've done this one thing again. Because the image of God in us, we can see it, but it's twisted. We're naturally, (laughs) I just read it, Uh, The guy who wrote, you can change. Uh, We have a natural bias against God. Very modern way to phrase it. But we want to be our own gods. Or we want to make the things we desire, we make them our own gods. So, when we go back to that opening question, why do we find ourselves doing these things over and over? Our answer is in that inheritance that we gained from Adam. And before we get all self-righteous and blame Adam, I can tell you that I would have done the same thing if I was there. Because I've done the same thing about a million times. Have you ever uh, snapped at someone that you love? No? Some, someone off to my left never does anything wrong. <laughs> I love the, the face Emily's making of me right now. It's pretty great. <laughs> Why do you snap at them? A lot of times, it's not because of what they said to you, is it? I mean, in the moment it's because of what they said to you, but it's not really because of what they said to you. It's because of something else that happened through the course of the day. We we put our ability to make decisions in the back seat and we become that part of that cause and effect chain. Right? That cause and effect. Well, X happened, so Y happened, so Z happened, so A is going to happen, so B is going to happen, and blah 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 blah, so on and so forth. Without, without stopping, just this cause and effect. How do we escape? If we're constantly just at the mercy of whatever's around us, how do we escape? This is where Jesus comes in. This is where Jesus comes in. This is the beauty of the gospel. Because we're broken. And this is, it's not like we could find a way out. All the advice in the world isn't very good if you don't have the change in your heart to pursue it. That's the reason why Over 600 laws did nothing to make Israel better people. We have, our country has over 80,000 pages of regulations. 80,000 pages, not 80,000 regulations. 80,000 pages. There's no more chance of those making us good than there were of the 600 laws the Hebrews had to make them good. Because the problem isn't that we don't know what's good. The problem is we do know what's good. Our problem is that a lot of times we want the wrong things. We want the things that are poisonous to us. We want the things that hurt us, that wound us. So God's answer... We, you, we can find this actually throughout the Old Testament, these promises, uh, in Hosea chapter 2, in Ezekiel chapter 37, in Ezekiel chapter 36, where God says, I'm going to come in and I'm going to remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh instead. Let's go back to First to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians 1. One day I will find it in my Bible and then we can read it. There we go. Colossians one fifteen. right? We're going to read this one more time. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. Verse 21, And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister." Wow, that is a lot of stuff. Our problem cannot be fixed with education because that is not ultimately our problem. Education isn't bad. Don't anyone think, oh, John says you shouldn't educate yourselves? You should educate yourself. But don't think that that will save you. Our problem cannot be fixed with pure willpower because our wills often are our enemies. Our problem can only be fixed by turning our eyes on the image of Christ. On Jesus. The image of the invisible God. God. Oftentimes in the West, we tend to look at the gospel from very one-dimensional terms, okay? We, We look on the gospel and we say, okay, the gospel is Jesus died and paid the penalty for my sins. And the gospel is that, and it is a beautiful thing. But it is not only that. The gospel also says Jesus died and rose again. To remake me into a new creation. Amen. This is important for us. Because the taking of the penalty of our sin is only valuable if if we're made new. If we don't have to go on sinning. Paul asks the question, shall we just go on sinning so that we can just say how great God is? No. No. That's ridiculous because the whole point of the cross, the whole point of the empty tomb is to free us from the need to constantly sin. See, the lie we believe is that whatever we desire is what we should chase. We see it everywhere. If you want it, you should have it. Whatever that is. And then we have conflicting messages about fitness. I mean, whoever became fit by just, want, by just grabbing whatever they want. I don't know anyone, including myself, <laughs> who has done that. Right. Physical fitness is about what? Discipline. Self-denial. Right. We have to learn how to say no. It can be really hard. I know, you. just look at me. You, I know, it can be really hard. <laughs> we have to be made new. Because then, a lot of the things that God says about us, a lot of the things that Jesus tells us, they make sense then from that point of view. But before conversion, before we, before we are made new... A lot of it's crazy. You're like, what? You have to die to live? Are you insane? What? You have to die to yourself? What? You have to, you have to give in to someone else? Come on. It's crazy. What? Do you? Prayer works? Prayer does work. But before we know Christ, a lot of times it's kind of crazy, right? We hear, you know, how many times before you knew Jesus... And you heard, I'll pray for you. And you're just like, okay. Prayer does work, but it's hard for us to understand. Without Christ, <clears throat> Jesus replaced the death dealing image of Adam with the life-giving image of God. That is what the gospel is. He took our penalty. He took what was coming to us and then he gave us a new identity. And this is the foundation of this whole series. We have to learn how to accept that we don't have to sin. <laughs> I just heard, that was really funny, Doug. I know you, some of you are looking at me like I have 10,000 heads. Look, just think about it. If, if we are free, then we're lying to ourselves when we say, oh, that's just how I am. Whenever it is, we do the thing that we hate. Well, no, we don't have to be that way anymore. Do you ever hear that? That's just how I am, or it is what it is? <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah, crazy. Now, without Christ, not crazy. You just got to accept me how I am. Oh, do you ever meet somebody who cannot accept your flaws? You have to change. You do. But when they do something wrong, it's, this is just how I am and you have to accept it or we can't be friends. Yeah. Right. That person's living in an alternate universe. Right. They're not in touch with reality very well. We can change. It starts with taking our focus off the thing that we dislike about ourselves, What is it you want to change? I'm sure we all, everyone in this room, except for me, because I am perfect. (laughs) What? Why are you laughing? (laughs) Ask my wife. She'll tell you. (laughs) Yeah. I think I'm on my own on that one. Every one of us has something about ourselves we want to change. We're not going to change it by focusing on the thing. We're only going to change it by taking our eyes off the thing and putting our eyes on Jesus. Because that is where the new life that he gave us is. It's not in the dirt with this thing that we hate. We have to repent of that, say, I'm done with that, and turn our eyes on Christ and follow him instead. Because I'm not going to get anywhere by just focusing on my temper. I'm just going to make my temper worse. Because I'm going to get mad that I got mad that I got mad that I got mad. <laughs> then, I'll walk, yeah, then I'll walk around mad all the time. And people are like, why are you mad? And it's going to be self-righteous anger. Because I'm really mad that I got mad. And so it's okay. Right, that's how we, we do these weird, strange things in our heads. Look. This is, (laughs) not at all. That's the beauty of it. We have to push this away. And we have to turn our eyes on Christ. That's our starting place. And, you know, we're going to move on from there. And we're going to talk, you know, because there are steps that we need to learn how to take, right? There are discipline steps. There are decisions we're going to have to make. But we have to stop saying Oh, I'm only human. Humans are made to be God in the world. We are a marriage of spirit and flesh to bring the kingdom of God into the physical world. We are an intersection of heaven and earth. That is not an only, you don't put only in front of human. It is a special thing. You are called to be truly human. You can be a human being who's no longer fettered by all those things from before. We chain ourselves to them whenever we say, oh, I'm only human. Oh, this is just who I am. No, 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 no. We don't need to do any of that because we're made new in Christ. The Bible says that if anyone is in Christ, he is a what? New creation. new creation, new creature. The old things have passed, the new things have come. So I want to encourage you stay grounded in that new creation. Stay focused on Jesus, the in the image of the invisible God. He replaced the broken one that we inherited, and He has given us a new one. With that as our foundation, with our feet firmly planted on Christ, we can move forward. And then the victories we win will be real ones. They won't be hollow things rooted in our own desires but there'll be motions of freedom. There'll be steps away, truly away from the things that used to rule us. Be encouraged this morning. You can change. I can change. And we can do it by following Christ. Keep that in your heart. You are not a slave anymore. Don't believe it. You are free. And you do not need to throw yourselves at sin anymore. And if you have to be reminded of that every day, find a way to be reminded of it every day. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that you love us, that you did not leave us to our own devices, but that you came into our world and you changed our lives. Lord, we pray that you would be with us, that your Holy Spirit would move with us as we go into this world. And Lord, that you would remind us every day that we don't need to be changed to our sin, but that we can find newness of life. We can find new patterns of living in you. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for every breath of life we have. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. Thank you, God bless you. It has been great to see you. Mingle. There's some coffee in the back, or well, there will be soon. And uh, stay warm.